0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our lives. Share our time. Share our talents. Share, talent. share our finances. But most of all, share our love. This is the Phoenix. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. All as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting second If you online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female
2: welcome, 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 welcome to Health and Well-Being morning, with God in the Tiny ELN House, house village. village. We are live, live in the Blog Talk Radio studio. And we're going to join the Female Solution voice to welcome our global thank you. on in to the Female Solution. Participate in this daily
1: think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one wherever we live on this earth we are one human family on behalf of our team of radio hosts I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world to our family in China Ni Hao in India huh? Namaste in namaste. Japan in Korea Hello. in Russia in Germany Hello. Guten Tag in Poland, dobry. in French Bonjour, in Spanish hola. in Italy Ciao. In Egypt, Athena was salmon, in Ghana, Aquaba, in Nigeria, Peleo, in South Africa, salbona. in Senegal, Nangadesh, in Kenya, Jambo, in Israel, Shalom, in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia. Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all.
2: And love, 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 love out to my global family this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is a beautiful day in Melbourne, Florida where I'm visiting a friend. And I invite you to join me in Melbourne on the beach. I'm going to the beach. The beach is where I'm at. The weather in Florida is just heavenly right now. We're in the 70s. <laughs> I bet you know the saying in Florida is, if you don't like the weather, wait a couple of days and it will change. And that's exactly what we're going through in Florida. It was 40 degrees one morning and now it's 60 and 70, and we might even go up to 80 today. So nothing but gratitude, gratitude to be here in Florida, going to the beach, walking on the sand, and grounding. If you don't know about grounding, you should check out the science behind grounding. My my brother Kwame uh, Sonhor sent me a great video from YouTube now, all free on the power of grounding. So check out grounding so that you can really improve this human vessel's electric work and and attachment and connection to uh, the power of the earth and your body. So welcome, welcome. And today's topic, Reconciling Mind and Body to Create Homeostasis. I attended a teaching a sermon, a, a beautiful, powerful speech about reconciliation and justification. Whoa, it was so powerful. Immediately my brain was connecting my brain to the body, the reconciliation. And I just before we do our joint roll, I want you to think about one of the definitions for reconciling or reconcile. It means to Restore friendly relations between. So that's just one. I'm going to go over a couple. But restoring friendly relations between. We, growing up as human beings, I don't think we've had a very friendly relationship between this brain uh, command center and our body. We have been totally ignorant about how to communicate with this body, what's going on between the brain and the body. And so today's show is intended to bring us up to speed, elevate us, enlighten us, bring us the knowledge we need to start using the power of the brain to heal the body, restore the body, balance the body, and bring in homeostasis. That's balance. Homeostasis is about balance. So we're going to learn all about homeostasis today, what that means, and how connecting your brain and your body can really bring more homeostasis into your reality, the the body working in harmony. And that's what reconciliation is about, harmony, creating harmony. So we're going to talk a lot about the power of the brain and the body today, how we do that. But first, our priority every morning should be fly of yourself. I want to encourage that more and more every day before you get out of bed. So that's why I'm sitting on the bed uh, that I'm sleeping in uh, at my friend's house so that we can remind you always before you get out of bed, fly, 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 fly. And how do we fly? We roll our joints. We kick the legs up. And sit up, roll our head around, and kick our legs up and roll our ankles and our wrists and our knees and our hips, get the fluid flowing. So three major reasons why joint rolling is so beneficial and necessary. Number one, to get your circulation going. When you are moving your joints in a faster speed, doesn't have to be too fast, take your time, but when you're moving your joints, you're creating synovial fluid, which activates and moves, helps move your circulation. You're going to get improvement in your circulation just by rolling your ankle joints around knees and hips. Number two, your lymphatic system gets a boost. It's like pumping, getting the lymphatic system pumping. And that's the system that helps detox, get the glands opening up, clearing out all over, you got glands in your neck, all over your body. Get those glands clearing out the junk. That's what lymphatic cleaning, that's why joint rolling is important. You want to clean out the junk. And then finally, um, your immune system gets a real boost when you do your joint rolling. So those are just three. There's more to uh, joint rolling. But let's do our flying first. Love ourselves this morning. And then we're going to get into uh, our show, Reconciliation. Today is the day. And there's a big moon out. New, now it's a big new and full moon, new full moon today. So, And I got a text that said there's a powerful energy of healing if you meditate under the full moon. So uh, I think I'm going to do maybe that later on. Uh, when the moon shows up tonight, I think that's going to be my thought is to go out there, And just sit and breathe under the moon, the full moon, take in all, just like we do the sun, take in the energy of the full moon tonight and get this body in reconciliation mode. So here we are. Let's put on some music, my music, Time for Healing by the Sounds of Blackness. I love this music because it's so relevant Listen to the words and you'll see how relevant it is today, this music by the sounds of blackness. So let's get on your, on your leotards and get ready to roll around the head first to get the neck uh, joint, the big neck here moving. And then we roll around our shoulders, back and forward. And then we lay down on our back, kick our legs up and get the ankle and the wrist going first and the knees and the hips and I'm going to show you two ways to all to roll these joints if you don't like one way try the other all right so let's get it let's
3: It's <laughs> This is all destruction. This is red.
2: Left reverse
3: that.
2: and Take your time.
0: Take resting all those muscles. When
2: rolling the stretches, it's all fluid. It. Ooh, yes. Good, good, good. Stretch pause. Roll the
3: shoulders back. Shoulders,
2: roll back. Whoo. We want in the back, the boogers,
3: the forward, the singing, the boogers,
2: the boogers, the We oh, the oh, yeah. <Bronze> our neck boogers, our Let's get
3: on our back. And let go to the the one.
4: We'll trying to foolish pride. But pain that
2: and is Come you need reason, stop. we, must that way way. Way. Yeah. So we lower leg going Reverse
3: that. Oh,
2: it's time for he lay and roll, roll the people go 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 lower go go
3: the go Listen, 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 listen up,
2: listen up. Listen up.
1: All
3: right.
1: Let's get on the
3: side. Make each other.
2: Try
5: to
3: understand
0: All it. It's
3: going
2: to be a good
3: Let's be i mm-hmm. So that's why we're yeah. Love
0: you Reverse
3: that
2: yeah. Take
3: time yeah. Loosening up all the your now, yeah. Do If you? you have over oh. you Come on, you here. We need a mountain. It's <laughs> great your heart. Open up your heart and
5: know the world is <laughs>
3: all the same. That's so much for me. It's you. We need Drop your If those legs are and every circulation
2: has improved, immune system improved, and your lymphatic system is dumping all those toxins out. Ooh, we're rolling now. All right, so bring those knees to your chest, rock side to side, and give your uh, in your meridians a little vibration rub feet the bottom of the feet together and the hands and warming up every the whole body when you do this warm up the whole body now let's roll over to the side and push up and yep we did it we did it we did it give yourselves a hand and let's finish off with some vagus nerve, massage, rub those hands together, squeeze the neck behind the neck, squeeze and release, squeeze and release, breathe in, squeeze and exhale, breathe in, squeeze and exhale, breathe in, in. oh, squeeze and, oh, feeling so much better, muscles are not as tense now, so let's just give our shoulders a good pat. Pat down the arms. The skin is your largest external organ. It needs to be touched, tugged, massaged. It needs that to heal and restore. Touching, massaging, and then vibrating. Sending um sending a message to the skin that you love your skin, you love your body. Tap on uh, the chest area, this is your thymus gland in here that activates your immune system. Make sure you squeeze on the, touch those breasts. Give them a love massage every day. Give, underneath, there's lymphatic glands all around the breast area, so it's good to just touch and release. And then go down to your navel area, pat around the navel area. Say hello to your microbiome. Trillions, trillions of cells. They want you to talk to them, talk to them, talk to them. And then finally, let's just give kidneys and our adrenal glands a little pat. Love pat back there. Adrenal glands, kidneys on top. Love you, love you. Thank you, thank you for all the work you do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. How's that feeling for you? Are you feeling a little bit better, a little more awake? (laughs) So good. We're going to go into the studio right here. I don't have to move. I'm right here in the studio. I'll be here for the next couple of hours or so to bring you some information, some knowledge, and some wisdom about reconciling the mind and the body. We have had a disconnect most of our lives uh, as we've grown about the power of this mind to heal the body. We go to the doctors, we go to professionals, counselors, and we neglect the power that's right here in the command center. So as I said earlier, I went to a, a powerful teaching, of a meeting with a rabbi and uh, and boy, the teaching was just so insightful, and um, just stirred my memory about reconciliation. Because the the message was about justification and reconciliation. Now, the justification is kind of like the relationship we have with our Creator. We are all justified when we come into the womb as a seed of star, seed of light. We justify, a body is created, and we have a relationship between the creator and ourselves. Some have a more intimate relationship than others, but for the most part, there is uh, an energy going back and forth between your creator and you, even if you're not conscious of it. There's an antenna up here. I have my cosmic curls that help me connect, connect to the universal love energy that I call Yahuwah. And so we all have that basic justification in our lives. But then there's the reconciliation. Because we get disconnected from our body, mainly the mind that the creator gave us and the body that is functioning as a microcosm of the universe. That's right, Everything in this body, if you study it like I do every day, I study this body every day, learning more and more about this temple that I live in, you learn that every organ, every cell in here is a mirror of the universe. So powerful! even the eyes, if you've ever seen a huge picture, it's on my Soul Purpose Healing Facebook page, there's an eye that reflects the whole universe. It looks when you look into it. So we want to bring reconciliation. What is reconciliation? Well, my dictionary says reconciliation, restore friendly relations between. Between what? Your friends, your relatives, uh, your body, mind. We're going to restore friendly relations. Not I hate you. Why don't you behave? You have a stomach ache. I need an aspirin. There's no a thought of, like, just talking to the stomach, rubbing the stomach. Most of us, when we have any symptoms in our body, we look outside ourselves to relieve the symptoms. And with all of the, so that's the first, the restoring friendly relations. How do we do that? Well, we recognize, first of all, what's going on in our body. is not unfriendly but it's actually a, a symptom of what is actually uh, going on inside of us and the brain and the disconnect that we're having with our brain and our body. When we have a symptom of pain, usually we're disconnected. So I have a great uh, teaching. I want to start with Dr. Uh, Bruce Lipton talking about cancer as a symptom because cancer is on the rise right now. There are various causes of the cancer, and I want to get into the symptom, how we should look at any disease, and we're just going to start with cancer, and then we're going to reconcile, as a beginning of reconciling, bringing a friendly relationship. Cancer, oh, you're the enemy. You've got to bomb it with radiation. You've got to bomb it with chemotherapy. Ah, you're ah, you're terrible. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill I'm going to bomb, bomb, bomb. No, no. Dr. Lipton is going to show us how um, cancer is a symptom and how we need to have a better relationship with any disease, whether it's cancer or something else. We want to have a better relationship. So I'm going to pull up the video on this because Ruth Lipton is just so amazing. And uh, he really gives you some food for thought that's what this is all about today getting having food for thought today listening to your your friends cultural creators and And so I'm going to have him come on Dr. Lipton first to give us food for thought about cancer as a symptom not the enemy necessarily but a symptom so uh get your pens and pencils out maybe because um, Dr. Lipton is a teacher. So here we go.
6: Hi, dear friends, cultural creators and seekers everywhere. Bruce here. Well, today I have a very important story to talk about, a story about cancer. And then why I'm bringing this up is in today's world, there's chaos all over the planet, but contributing to that chaos is a global health problem. All around the world, there's a health crisis. One of the leading illnesses on this planet is called cancer. Well, interestingly enough, Through the evolution of our understanding of genetics and behavior, we came to a belief of something called genetic determinism, and that belief is that genes turn on and off and in the process control the character of our lives. A very simple understanding that is if you believe in genetic determinism, then you recognize a person is actually a victim of their heredity. If there's cancer running in the family, then there's a belief that the gene that causes that cancer will manifest in their lives. And so genetic determinism actually causes us to have a very negative thought that, oh my goodness, I am susceptible to what's running in the family. And then, of course, since we understand the new science of epigenetics versus genetics the whole story changes because when we believe in genetics determinism meant that genes control the character of your life but the new science of epigenetics changes the story because epigenetics reveals that consciousness is controlling your life there is no gene that causes cancer that's an absolute scientific fact there's no gene if you possess it you will automatically get cancer so I said, well, we've created a whole a world of oncogenes, cancer genes. I go, those are genes that uh, are associated with the cancer, but they're not genes that cause the cancer. To give a very big example that is familiar to a lot of our audiences, uh, a reference to the breast cancer gene, which has, in the minds of women, possession of that gene means that cancer is some inevitable part of their future breast cancer. And then I bring up a very important fact. 50% of the women that have uh, the gene never get the cancer. Well, there's an important conclusion right there, and it says possession of the gene itself does not cause cancer. It's activated. That gene is activated. The whole idea of what is called self-emergence, meaning genes turn on and off, that's a false belief that we were programmed with genes cannot control their activity it's the environment that controls the activity and that's the foundation of the science of epigenetics control above the genes and consciousness is what interprets that environment and controls our genetics and if we're not living in health and harmony in the world that we're in repressed anger repressed emotions such as fear or sadness these repressed emotions are like a boiling cauldron in the body and these emotions or what can engage a gene that's called an oncogene. And so the significance about this is our conventional understanding has been genes cause cancer, which then leads to how do you treat it? And they say, well, then you have to recognize that tumor cells are are wayward cells doing what they want, and the only thing you can do to cure the cancer is eliminate the tumor cells. Radiation, surgery, chemotherapy are applied to eliminate the cancer cells. But we have to stop right now for a very important reason. Are the cancer cells the cause, the problem overall? I go, a cancer cell has a genetic disposition to make cancer. And I go, yeah, but does the gene cause the cancer? And the answer is no. It was the consciousness that caused it. So a cancer, when it manifests, is a symptom of consciousness, not in harmony. But it's not that people have a conscious desire to get a cancer. Then where is consciousness coming from for that cancer? And the answer is... Well, there are actually two minds. There's the conscious creative mind connected to our identity, our source, our spirituality, but there's a subconscious mind, which is the database of programs that we acquire during our life experiences. So the important part is this. I'm not saying that consciousness meaning I want to have cancer is what caused the cancer. What I'm saying is it's a subconscious program uh, expressing a disharmony with the character's life and the world in which they're living. Cancer has been around for a long time and people have been contributing money, billions and billions of dollars have been contributed to cancer research to resolve the problem. And I go, all of this time, since 1940, when we actually introduced chemotherapy, since that time, we've been using the old techniques to try to cure cancer in spite of all the research. The significance is that the research that we have doesn't support the healing of cancer. Back in the late 60s when I was doing my experiments on all of this new insight about how environment was controlling the genes, uh, I did not get a lot of support from all my colleagues because they were still involved with the belief of genetic determinism. But over time, there's now a newer understanding that is coming forth saying exactly what the research I did revealed, and that is the consciousness of the patient is what is altering epigenetic expression of the cancer. This is a complete paradigm change from looking at genes controlling cancer to recognizing that consciousness is controlling cancer. Science being based on Newtonian physics separated the universe into matter and energy and the body being matter uh, could only be dealt with by dealing with the physical body and that's why when cancer research started they were looking at what physical way they could intervene to stop the cancer which of course led to uh, the surgery, the radiation, the chemotherapy. But when quantum physics entered the world, it said that the material aspect of our universe is an illusion of energy, that everything is energy. So if we start looking at cancer as a consequence of energy, then if we look at the source of that cancer, we can now go back and say the source of that cancer was energy. The energy that we're specifically talking about influencing cancer is the energy of the brain in consciousness and in subconscious behavior. When we look at the body, it's not a single entity. It's actually a community of 50 trillion cells. Interesting point is the mind is the equivalent of a government that talks to and organizes the functions of those cells. And while we've been blaming the cells for disease, it turns out less than 1% of disease is actually connected to the genetics of the cells. That most of it is from the government, the consciousness that is controlling the 50 trillion cells in your body. So we've misdirected our healing approach because we've been focusing on the cells as where the problem is, but the cells are just responding to the consciousness. So if you want to change cancer, it's not eliminate the cells, but it's to rewrite the consciousness. And all of us can do this. I hope this insight is really helpful. For the reason is this, cancer is increasing in our world today because we're out of harmony with the world as a population. And rather than trying to kill cancer cells, which are the symptom, it's time for us to wake up and realize that to eliminate cancer, we have to go to the source. And the source of the cancer is not the genes. Let's stop going first into the chemotherapy, the radiation, the surgery, and let's start looking at cancer as an energy of dysfunction. And that by energy changing, energy changing of the consciousness and the belief issues, that is the healing step in cancer. And it's available to all of us. And no surgery, no radiation, no pharmaceutical biochemicals of destruction.
7: To
2: energy. That's Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's available on YouTube. Tons of videos. If you ever have a cancer diagnosis, I strongly, strongly urge you to go to YouTube and start studying under Dr. Bruce Lipton because what he's teaching us is so relevant, so important to heal the whole body. It was new to hear uh, him say about the mind is a government, a government. Think of that, how we have depended on Washington, D.C. for most of our problems. Ah. When Dr. Bruce Lipton brings out the creative mind that is consciousness, that is the solution. And that's why we're talking about reconciliation today, because when I heard that message about justification and reconciliation, restoring friendly relations between whatever, the mind, the body, the people, the family, but also here's another definition of reconciling, cause to coexist in harmony, make or show to be compatible We, 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 and I could say me too in my earlier, we have not been in harmony with the government of our mind. This mind has been separated, separated from the needs and the power to heal the body. And we're going to bring more information to you about reconciling, bringing the harmony back, mind, body. And Dr. Bruce Lipton, I thought would be the perfect, uh, teacher today to start us off thinking about reconciling the harmony that is with the mind and the body the and bringing in the consciousness the creative mind to talk to this, the cells of our body and we got more coming up on how uh emphasizing talking to the cells, so we're going to take a break uh commercial break, think about that reconciling your mind to your body, bringing harmony, or what we call homeostasis. We're going to uh, show you or give you a definition of homeostasis so you're really clear about that word because it's important in the reprogramming of our mind and our world as we move through 2024, which is starting off with a bang this year. Woohoo, we got a lot going on, wars and rumors of wars and more, and our government is being turned upside down. Oh, boy. Things are coming out, and even in the church religious system, evil coming out. In Hollywood, evil coming out. This is going to be an exciting year, and I want all of us to be prepared by reconciling, reconciliation, reconciling, re-counseling, re-counsel, council, council, government to the body. So we're going to be right back after some brief messages.
1: We all say we would like to be wealthy. But wealth isn't determined by how much money you have. Wealth is determined by your power to define what money is. The dictionary defines money as something used as a way to pay for goods and services and to pay people for their work. So how would you like to have access to an unlimited source of money? Money that is not taxed by the government. Money that increases as you share the opportunity with others money that you can use to pay for goods and services and pay people for their work. I'm talking about Bitcoin. It's the future of independent wealth building. Bitcoin is the new money that you control. Get started building your wealth. Call 312-849-3456. That's 312-849-3456.
0: Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly culture, world peace restoration of light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups.
2: And we are back. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Um, We are, and I want to just say a big, big thank you for all of you who were with me on Soul Purpose Healing Sunday. We had some real difficulties. Interesting enough, the problem I had on Sunday was about connection. The Bug Talk Studio has two options to uh, play the program to uh, send out the broadcast. And one of the, pro- the the options I couldn't get through on my phone, which shares or connects with YouTube and Facebook, that didn't work at all. Somehow they couldn't connect with my phone. So I had to go to direct connect, which oddly enough didn't connect at all with YouTube and Facebook. Huh. Thank goodness today all of those things are connecting well. Uh, everybody on Blog Talk Studio can hear what's going on in YouTube, Facebook, and my videos that I play. Many, 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 many thanks to all of you who were patiently <laughs> waiting with me to connect and put out the the, the message on Sunday uh, about melanin and um and mushrooms. In fact, we're going to do a part two, I believe, this Sunday with Eddie Harris. He's going to bring a, a, the next level of melanin and um, mushrooms. We're going to have a very powerful part two uh, this Sunday on Soul Purpose Healing uh, at 80 p.m. But thank you all for hanging in there with me when technology and we have this disconnect, which is so weird uh, sometimes how words direct connect didn't connect at all. <laughs> but we were able to broadcast through YouTube and Facebook and on Blog Talk Radio. So if you're just joining me, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate you so much for joining in this community, collective, global effort to bring knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to our body, health, mind, and well-being. It's so important. I believe part of the reason we have such a war going on all over the planet because we're not at peace within here. So starting here every morning, flying, first loving yourself, that's where it changes the world. So thank you. We're going to talk more about reconciling the mind, which is the consciousness, bringing consciousness into play. And so that we can promote homeostasis. So what is homeostasis? That's what I want to share with you, everybody should be familiar with this word because if you're into health and well-being this is a word that tells us how to balance or how our body should be in balance it's all homeostasis basically means balance but i have this really uh cute and and informative uh video about the negative positive energy that is displayed or that is activated or in process when we're working on homeostasis. So let's listen to a little teaching about homeostasis and negative and positive energy.
8: Did you know just sitting here right now, you're doing something absolutely remarkable? Well, you, your cells, tissues, organs, organ systems... Yes, we just leveled up those biological levels of organization. They're all working towards something called homeostasis. It's a state of balance. Yes, homeostasis means many things in your body. For example, that your blood stays within a certain pH level range. It means that your blood glucose remains within a certain range. It means your internal body temperature stays within a certain range. See, we've mentioned the major body systems before and that they work together, and today we're going to talk about how they work together using something called positive and negative feedback and also how this relates to homeostasis. So many years ago, I had a pet bearded dragon. Her name was Debbie, and she was the best lizard ever. Debbie used to sit on our couch with me when I'd watch TV, and she loved to have her chin scratched. I even got her a bearded dragon leash so I could take her outside. Yeah, they make those. Anyway, Debbie loved her heat lamp. She would sit under the heat lamp on her rock, and when she got too hot, she would get off her rock and out of the heat lamp range and go somewhere else. She had a huge enclosure, too, because I wanted Debbie to be a happy lizard so she could find an ideal temperature. Why all this talk about Debbie? Well, Debbie is an example of an animal that some people refer to as cold-blooded, or a fancier term ectotherm. We actually like the fancier term a bit better, though, because her blood isn't necessarily cold. Her body temperature can fluctuate with the environment. But not you. You are warm-blooded, or the fancier term, an endotherm. Your body works hard to keep the internal temperature it keeps. It's also a beautiful example of something called negative feedback. Before we define it, let us show you this example. Say you're in an environment that is very hot like being outside in the texas summer heat that's typically hot thanks to nerves which can act as sensors the brain notices this it will send signals to counteract this variable sweat glands do what they do best sweat heat is lost as that sweat evaporates off your skin you may have some redness too that's because your blood vessels are getting wider dilating in order to help get rid of that heat the result whether you realize it or not helps you lower your body temperature But wait, what if you go inside now and the AC is blasting? You'll stop sweating, you may even shiver. The muscle contractions of shivering can generate heat. And those blood vessels will now decrease in diameter size, constrict, to help you conserve the heat because that makes it harder for the heat to escape. Your body temperature can increase then. This is negative feedback. So a simplified definition, negative feedback is when some variable triggers a counteracting response in order to come back to some set point if we consider that this whole thing is actually a negative feedback loop we can see that the negative feedback brings the body back to the set point which in this case is a stable temperature keeping homeostasis negative feedback is also going on in the regulation of your glucose your blood sugar okay we're really simplifying this here as we often do but when glucose blood sugar is too high One hormone that is released is insulin. I always imagine insulin as this hormone that makes the cells say, feed me, because it has the ability to make cells take in glucose. On the flip side, if glucose is too low in the blood, a hormone called glucagon can be released. This hormone can have many effects, and one of them is that it can cause the liver to release glucose into the blood. There's more to the regulation of blood sugar than this, but you can see how this is negative feedback. You have counteracting responses here in order to keep homeostasis. So, what about positive feedback? Positive feedback is when, instead of getting a counteracting response to some variable, you instead intensify the variable. Positive feedback can be like, more, 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 instead of, let's counteract this. The example that always stuck with me when I was a student is the example about the human baby being born. In biology classrooms everywhere, it's a classic example. When a human baby is ready to be born, there is pressure on the cervix, and that pressure and the hormones involved cause contractions of the uterus, because that's a big part about how the baby is going to be born. More release of hormones will equal more contractions and pressure, which will cause more release of hormones and more release of hormones will mean more contractions and pressure. Contractions help get the baby out, but it's also a part of a beautiful illustration of what positive feedback can do. So why do we care about feedback, other than, you know, the importance of negative feedback in maintaining homeostasis and the role of positive feedback in many body processes? Well, we also need to understand feedback so we can understand what is happening when there is a problem in the feedback systems. One example, perhaps you've heard of type 1 diabetes. It's a disorder that can mean that your pancreas, which is an organ that is involved with making some hormones, like insulin, is not working correctly. Insulin is not produced, and because of that, one issue is that you're not going to be able to get glucose, the blood sugar, into your cells. Glucose outside of the cells cannot be used in cellular respiration. The cells need to take the glucose in to make ATP energy in cellular respiration. Therefore, your cells need to be able to take in the glucose to survive. So many type 1 diabetics need to give themselves insulin and monitor their blood sugar because the negative feedback may not work as it should. Well, that's it for the Amoeba Sisters, and we remind you to stay curious.
2: Basis because that's what we are talking about today, bringing reconciliation between the government, the mind, and the body will help bring homeostasis or balance to the whole system. So here's another definition of reconcile, to make one account consistent with another, especially by allowing for transactions begun but not yet completed. How about that one in terms of the body a transaction begun but not yet completed. Let's look at what Bruce Linton said about even cancer. When those cancer cells start growing and you go to the doctor and they do all the tests and say, oh, you have cancer. That's like a transaction that's begun, but how do you complete it? The problem we have is we don't complete it by bringing in the mind talk to the cells, the cancer cells. And as Dr. Lipton said, uh, to respond to what's going on in the body. Instead, we go outside and look for chemo, radiation, surgery. And what Dr. Lipton is teaching us is that it's really a gene. It's not a gene that's causing it. So it's really not something that we've been taught. But it's the environment that's controlling the disease, is what Dr. Lipton has taught it. The environment of what our emotions, repressed emotions. So when we re- we're working on reconciling the emotions around the disease, I have many of you may have heard my story about my older sister who was diagnosed with breast cancer. Now this happened after her only child was hit by a car and died that evening. All of a sudden, one, in one day, she lost child of 14 years old. Threw her into extreme trauma, and a month or, or, or may, several months later, breast cancer showed up. And for, to the day of her death, she carried the emotions of grief, unforgiveness, and guilt. Ugh, I observed my sister. In my home, express grief, unforgiveness, and guilt like I'd never seen before. Beautiful lesson for me. wasn't fun at the time because it was nine months of going back and forth to the emergency room and taking pain medications. Best lesson I've ever had in my life about emotions because she was living in my home with me, me and my family because she needed to leave the Chicago area where the death of her child took place. And I observed that so keenly because I was trying to help her and I was controlling everything. I thought, you know, we get juicing, do the juicing and we do the raw foods and she even was drinking uh, alkaline water and all of that didn't make a difference. The cancer just spread right through one, her. I think it was her left breast. Yeah, left breast is a loss of a child. And then um, on one day, third day of the week, third day of, it was actually April, she took three breaths at three o'clock and her soul said, adios. And that was my lesson beginning to learn about German new medicine and how trauma in our life produces cells, cancer cells, if we don't find what reconciliation, reconciling that the transaction that cancer needed to be completed by not drugs and therapy or radiation and all that, but by peace and acceptance and reconciliation with self that lessons galore, everything happens for a reason. The lessons galore that we need it. We need when we have a death like that. So that's why we want to reconcile because if Dr. Bruce listen says. We have been taught that the gene causes the cancer. So epigenetics is the new uh, belief, the new truth, the new teaching that it's above the genes, it's your environment, and the government of the disease starts here. So today we want to, if you have any questions or comments uh, in the studio, please press 1, and those of you in... Um, in um, Those of you in YouTube or Facebook Live, feel free to comment. We've got a comment from Empress Regina. I bow to the Empress Regina. She's in this house. Empress Regina's in the house. (laughs) Great being, beloved. Thank you, Regina. You are the great being. I am the great. We are great beings today because we showed up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue. We're talking, if you just joined us, talking about reconciliation and homeostasis. As we just played, homeostasis is about balance. When you have disease, you're out of balance. You have a headache, you're out of balance. You have a pain in your shoulder, out of balance. So we want to show how do we get back in balance. That's what we're talking about. And um, how childhood trauma leads to the imbalance. Because what happens is many, uh, many of us go to a drug, not just chemo, radiation, and all that. But when we are out of balance, in our, especially our emotional state from childhood traumas, we usually go to a drug of some kind. And I'm going to say the number one drug is sugar. I look at the the amount of sugar that people use and eat and and and, and inhale and whatever. Uh, that's the number one drug. But then we have um, we have so many other drugs available to us that distract us from healing uh, the real cause of our disease, and that is usually childhood trauma. So I'm going to play uh, again. Dr. Gabor uh, on how how childhood trauma leads to addiction. It's a cute little uh, um, animated uh, artistic drawing where he displays um, how the childhood trauma affects our addictions and our disease. And we talked about ACEs. I'm going to go into ACEs, but this illustration will give us a visual and a, a very good summary by Dr. Gabor Maté, who's an expert on addiction, on what leads up to disease, what leads up to addictions because of our childhood trauma. And we want, I want you to just be so aware of ACEs, Adverse Childhood experience. And that's what is demonstrated in this next audio. Dr. Gabor uh, brings us an audio of uh, explaining ACEs, but he doesn't call it ACEs. He calls it trauma, childhood trauma or stress. We could call it toxic stress. But I'm going to be bringing this every week because some people forgot. I have talked about ACEs the last two shows, and then other people are not remembering what ACEs stands for. So ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. But here's another uh, alternative uh, uh, terminology for ACEs that Dr. Gabor Mate brings to us uh, in this audio, in this teaching about trauma and addiction. So let's listen to Dr. Gabor Mate.
9: So an addiction is a complex psychological, physiological process, but which manifests in any behavior, any behavior that a person enjoys, that a person enjoys, finds relief in, and therefore craves in the short term, but suffers negative consequences in the long term, and doesn't give up despite the negative consequences. So craving pleasure, relief in the short term, negative consequences in the long term, inability to give it up. Now notice I have said nothing about substances, I said any behavior, so it could be related to cocaine, crystal meth, heroin, fentanyl, marijuana, nicotine, alcohol, whatever, could also be sex, gambling, internet, relationships, shopping, eating, work, extreme sports, working out, um, pornography, any number of uh, human activities, so I said any behavior. Now. The official definition of addiction, according to the American um, Society for Addiction Medicine, is that this is primary, it's a primary brain disorder. It arises in the brain, largely due to genetic reasons. This is how they see it. And I say that's just not true. Uh, the other popular idea about addiction is that it's a choice that somebody makes. That people choose to be addicted. Which is what the legal system is based on. Because if people are not choosing, what are we punishing them for? And, and uh, although I think the medical definition is closer to the truth, I don't see it as a genetic, it's a genetic disorder, and I don't see it as a primary brain disorder. So let me perhaps show you why, if that's okay. A human being has two fundamental needs, apart from the physical needs, in infancy, in childhood. One is for attachment. Now, attachment is the closeness and proximity with another human being for the sake of being looked after or for the sake of looking after the other. Now, human beings as mammals and even birds are creatures of attachment. We have to connect and attach because otherwise we don't survive. If there's nobody that's motivated to take care of us, to attach to us that way, and we're not motivated to attach to others, we just can't survive. One of the interesting things is, is that the endorphins, which um, are the body's internal opiate uh, chemicals, which heroin and all the other opiates resemble, they help to facilitate attachment. So if you take infant mice and you knock out their endorphin receptors so they don't have endorphin, opiate activity in their brain, they won't cry for help and separate it from their mothers, which would mean that they would die in the wild. And which goes back to what happens in early in childhood when there's stress and trauma, these, uh, these endorphin systems don't develop. And then when people do heroin, it feels like a warm, soft hug to them. They feel love and connection for the first time. That's why it's so powerful. But, so we have this need for attachment, Without which obviously the human infant, who is the most helpless, the most dependent, the least mature of any creature in the universe at birth, uh, cannot survive without the attachment. And that attachment relationship, given that we have the longest period of development of any creature, you know, well into adolescence and and beyond, attachment is not a negotiable need. But we have another need, which is authenticity. Now authenticity, out of the self, means being connected to ourselves. Just knowing what we feel and being able to act on it. So, that means our gut feelings. So, let's look at how human beings evolved. For hundreds of thousands of years, and for a hundred thousand years or so of this species existing on Earth, how did we live? We didn't live in cities and houses and so on. We lived out there in the wild, until very recently in human um, existence. Now, just how long do you survive in the wild if you're not connected to your gut feelings? Not very long. If you start using your intellect instead of your gut feelings, you just don't survive. So that's a powerful survival need as well. So attachment is a survival need. Authenticity is a survival need. But what happens if your authenticity threatens your attachment relationships? For example, as a two-year-old, you get angry because you didn't get that cookie before dinner. But your parents can't handle anger because they grew up in homes when there was rage and they're terrified at the very expression of anger. So they give you the message that good little kids don't get angry. The message you receive is not that good little kids don't get angry but that angry little kids don't get loved because your parents are not sullen they won't look at you they talk to you in a harsh way you're not getting loved not experiencing love at that moment No, but you gotta stay attached guess what you're going to suppress the authenticity every time and this is how we lose connection to ourselves and to our gut feelings so that strangely enough that very dynamic which is essential for human survival in a natural setting not becomes a threat to our survival in this in this more modern setting where to stay authentic is to threaten attachment and so we give up our authenticity and then we wonder who the hell we are and whose life is this and who's experiencing all this and this life doesn't you know and who am I really and so that's where the reconnection has to happen that's where the healing happens is with that reconnection but it's because of that conflict the tragic conflict in childhood between authenticity and attachment that most of us face that we lose ourselves and lose connection to our gut feelings now this leads to the uh, the question of trauma because it's one thing to recognize that all this originates in childhood pain it's quite another to transform that pain and for that we have to understand what trauma is so people often think that trauma is what happens to you so trauma is a divorce when you were small and your parents fighting trauma is your mother's depression trauma is your father's alcoholism trauma is your parents argumentation trauma is physical or sexual abuse or some loss those aren't the traumas those are traumatic but the trauma is not what happens to you the trauma is what happens inside you and as a result of these traumatic events What happens inside you is you get you get disconnected from your emotions and you disconnect from your body and You have difficulty being in the present moment and you develop a negative view of your world and a negative view of yourself And a defensive view of other people and these perspectives keep showing up in your life in the present So in other words, the addiction is not the primary problem. It's an attempt to solve a problem and then the real question is how did the problem arise in other words this is where my theory is that it's always rooted in childhood trauma mm-hmm. and that the addiction is an attempt to deal with the effects of childhood trauma which it does temporarily mm-hmm. while it creates even more problems in the long term and so the issue is not just to recognize what happened 10 15 30 however many years ago but to actually recognize the manifestations in the present moment and to transcend them and how do you do that by reconnecting with yourself by restoring the connection with your body primarily and with your emotions, that you lost. And once you do, when you found these things again, then you have what we call recovery. Because what does it mean to recover something? It means to find it again. So what is it that people find when they recover? They find themselves. And the loss of self is the essence of trauma. So the real purpose of, uh, of, of addiction treatment, mental health treatment, any kind of healing, is reconnection.
2: about today, reconnecting or reconciling, reconciling, recovering, reconnecting, all of those are the themes on the words for the day. So as we go to another break, here's another definition of reconcile. It means to settle. Settle a disagreement, for instance. Hmm. Hmm a disagreement. So what have you been disagreeable about in terms of your mind and your body? Have you been um, overeating, for instance, having three meals a day plus other snacks and, and just gorging yourselves and, and or just finding the healing in food more than breathe, breath work or meditation or things like that? Where have you been disagreeable with yourself? Because as Dr. Gabor pointed out, it's not what happens uh, happens to us so much, <clears throat> but what happens inside of us. There is a disagreement that has occurred, and what we want to promote today is a settlement of that disagreement that is causing you to have headaches, to have cancer, to have whatever imbalance you have, which is a lack of homeostasis, we want to bring you back to uh, reconcilement, reconnect you, and recovery as much as possible today. So think about um, what areas have you been disagreeable with in terms of your body connecting to your brain? How has your brain disconnected from your body and what do you need to settle today in that disagreeable state that you may have been in in your body. We'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll take your questions, if you have any, or comments. Feel free to post your comments on Facebook, and we'll be right back after these messages.
1: Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our hosts. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution.
2: Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people,
1: enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe
2: We are back. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're just joining us, we're talking about reconciling, reconciling, however you pronounce it, reconnecting. I've given three definitions of reconciliation, which was so enlightening to me even that we're talking about restoring friendly relations between brain and body. We're talking about causing to coexist in harmony, brain and body, making consistent Make consistent with another, one account, especially allowing for transactions begun but not yet completed, cancer and development of things that are not completed, and settling. And then another one is reconcile someone to make someone accept something, a disagreeable or unwelcome thing. So there's so many ways of looking at reconcilement, but even uh, my guest speakers today have brought out different we reconnecting and recovering and even uh dr uh, bruce lipton uh community bringing back community awareness and healing our dysfunctions so when we talk about reconciling we have work to do to bring what homeostasis balance and how do we know we're out of balance as the the teaching said There are just symptoms in the body that tell us something that is out of balance. And what we want to do is start developing authenticity, what, acting on our gut feelings, which we weren't able to do always in childhood. So I'm going to go to the phones right now. We've got um, our executive producer is on the on-air network where we have a caller i believe so naima your mic is open if you want to bring in the caller on the on-air network 312
1: 721 um yes
7: minister plump uh unmute yourself go right ahead yes uh way on yashalom uh who are we don't die we multiply Back is beautiful with you, Dr. Z, and you too, Sister Naima. Asalaamu Alaikum. Good morning to you, and Happy New Year's, as we say, especially Kwanzaa. Hallelujah. <laughs> Minister Plump from Chicago, Illinois. And you know, Kwanzaa equals to 23. And the female solution is uh, the best of the best for our healing in our success uh, concerning being reconnected back to God, being reconnected back to uh, your family, being reconnected back to yourself, and being reconnected back to the community. And I remember uh, also a a form of a reconciliation which we have launched this year and Have No Fear Cause Plump is here and that is the Million Man March, and with Plump Music Productions, we are going forward forever and backwards never, and we 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 are doing that right here in Chicago, America, and the world. You know the Honorable Minister Farrakhan and uh, Dr. King. So we got the dream and the vision from Dr. King to uh the honorable minister Louis Farkhan to the honorable uh Mayor Harry Washington. And we got the movie coming out too. Uh uh sister uh uh Dr. B and uh Sister Naima called The Greatest Good. I talked to Joseph yesterday. <laughs> Joseph uh Michael Chapin, and uh we gonna be hiring everyone that want to work and remember their story concerning uh Mayor Harold Washington and the campaign, and we're getting ready for your birthday, your Earth Day birthday, Sister Naima, and we need you. <laughs> Everything with you is nothing without you on April 15th. So we need all the help we can get and and for brothers and sisters that want to really uh employ themselves as a, a superstar entrepreneur, then they welcome to get in touch with Brother Plump at three one two six uh excuse me, three one two eight eight two five nine three five. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Is, uh, is there any
2: questions at
7: this point?
2: I'm
7: sorry, what was that? I was saying, is there any questions about The Greatest, which is, uh, I could say, uh, The Female Solution is the greatest station, radio, and TV station in the nation. And we want to get all Harold's people back together so they can tell their story, uh, you know, like you all do us as commentators. Everybody needs to tell their own story. And that'll be a good thing to do.
2: Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, uh, Minister Plump. Minister Plump is a, lives in Chicago, bringing music and positivity. And now he's promoting a movie about one of the most amazing mayors of our time, uh, Mayor Harold Washington. Isn't it really interesting how po- when you look at politics today, how it's changing and evolving and devolving and all kinds of things. We got a, a governor in Texas fighting the federal government about keeping uh, immigrants out of his state. And so it's really interesting to see how this, it's almost like a civil war developing because a governor is saying, I don't want to have, we don't want to have any more uh, people coming into our country who don't do it legally. And the governor the, the, from Washington, D.C., saying, nope, nope, let them all in, let them all in, we'll we'll handle it, we'll handle it. And they're not handling anything. It's a chaos, chaotic situation in Chicago, in New York. So politics, I will be looking forward to the movie on Harold Washington because I lived in I, – I don't even think I was in Chicago when he was mayor, but I lived in Chicago most of my life. And I'm always interested to see how history – Uh, portrays characters, and now how we look today at politics is crazy, in my opinion. It's a really entertaining show, politics. So let's look forward to a movie about Harold Washington uh, in Chicago. And in the meantime, we've got comments here on uh, Facebook. Thank you, Naima, says, Grand Rising, beautiful teacher. This is so powerful, I pray that more people recognize the roots of their personality disorders and addictions as stemming from their childhood traumas. That's why I'm playing Dr. Gabor maybe every Friday until we all are more consciously aware of the roots of our diseases. As Dr. Lipton said earlier, cancer is a symptom. Uh, Diabetes is a symptom. All these names that they give, uh, lymphoma is a symptom. Uh, meningitis or, or multiple sclerosis is a symptom. Why? Because Dr. Lipton points out beautifully, and, and some of my other guests will point out, everything is energy. The community that develops the disease is inside of us and the connection of consciousness, the creative mind, to the body is what can change the, the cells in our body. So that's why we're talking about um, reconciliation today because there' was a powerful teaching uh, that I heard this week, but I immediately was thinking about the body, the reconciliation needed between the conscious mind and the cell all the amazing cells in the body. Uh, so we've got another comment from Zelda, our Monday morning mindfulness host. Uh, wow, what's the name of Dr. So I, Gabor's video on addiction? I sent that. Uh, I posted that here on uh, my StreamYard, YouTube, Facebook. The Dr. Gabor video is how childhood trauma leads to addiction. I love that video because of the video, the the artistic description and. Uh, a vi- vi- video that they bring, the animation to the subject that helps us understand it better. So uh, thank you, Zelda, for that question. Thank you, Naima. And all of you in the Blog Talk Radio studio, we're here together to reconcile knowledge and wisdom because in this talk I heard um, what he brings out, what he brought out about justification. Uh, reconciliation, was that wisdom is what unlocks your story. As, as Minister Plum pointed out, we all have a story. When I wrote my dad's book, which is the top book is behind me, uh, Sherman Howard uh, from Football and Beyond, my dad was just so mad. And it wasn't a big deal for him. I, wrote, I spent six years working on his story you know what he said? Well, everybody has a story. And I said, okay, Dad. So I promoted the book for a while, and then we sold several copies. I, went, I was asked to speak about the book at high school. We did a workshop on it. I had great, great fun. But I always think back to his comment, everybody has a story. That's why all of us should be writing our story. I wrote my story before this book, and I called that book My body is talking to me. That was was my awakening to uh, my role as a uh, homeopathic teacher and as a, a, a holistic life coach, a coach and a therapist and all the things I do. That was my first story. My body is talking to me. So that's why I'm here uh, to remind us all that our body is always talking to us, and it's our response or our reaction that determines if we get back to homeostasis or balance. Always, help. headaches, prostate issues, bladder issues, all of it. Our body is talking to us, and what do we do sometimes? Disconnect. There's no uh, connection with the conscious mind to say, okay, what do you, what body, what are you saying to me? What are you trying to tell me? And that's where Louise Hayes' book, Heal Your Body, comes in, because this book helps us to translate the messages that our body gives us. But here's another teaching from Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza is a very popular international teacher on uh, epigenetics, he teaches on epigenetics, he teaches on psychology, spirituality, so many things. This teaching, he talks about how to command your cells to talk to you. Command your cells, tell them what to do. Very important. This is where we did not reconcile mind and body. This is where we lost disconnected from our mind and body because we have not been taught to talk to these cells wherever they are in our body, whether it's a headache, a knee pain, joint pain, stomach ache, man, we didn't grow up thinking talk to the body. I'm doing that with my granddaughter though. She's coming around with stomach aches and then I'm like, did you just talk to your stomach, put your hand on your stomach, send some love messages to your stomach. Talk to your body. So Here's a, a, a professional teacher on this subject, commanding yourselves. When
10: we talking. think about health conditions or emotional traumas, we often limit our understanding to the physical or psychological realms. However, there's another layer to this, the energetic layer. Each of us has an energy field, often referred to as the aura or bio field. This isn't just a mystical concept. It's a measurable, tangible aspect of our being. Scientific research is increasingly validating the existence of these fields and their influence on our physical and mental health. What's intriguing is that our health conditions, traumas, and even emotional states manifest as patterns within these energy fields. These are not random. They are specific frequencies, each with its unique signature. By understanding these patterns, we can begin to see how our inner world our thoughts, emotions, and beliefs is directly connected to our physical reality. But how do these patterns form? Every experience we have, every emotion we feel, and every thought we entertain has a vibrational quality to it. These vibrations interact with our energy field, creating patterns that reflect our inner state. Over time, these patterns can become imprinted in our field, influencing our physical health in various ways. Understanding this connection opens up a powerful pathway to healing and transformation. It suggests that by changing our inner state, our thoughts, emotions and beliefs, we can alter these energy patterns. And when we change these patterns, we have the potential to impact our physical health directly. To fully grasp the power of our consciousness over our health, we need to explore the concept of quantum reality. Quantum physics has revolutionized our understanding of the universe, revealing a world that operates very differently from what our senses perceive. One of the most intriguing aspects of quantum physics is the idea that there's a realm beyond the speed of light. In this realm, the conventional rules of time and space don't apply. Here, everything is interconnected. Separateness is an illusion. In the quantum field, the past, present, and future coexist simultaneously. This means that the linear progression of time as we experience it is not a fundamental aspect of the universe. Instead, it's a construct of our consciousness, a way for us to make sense of our experiences. Why is this important? Because it suggests that our consciousness isn't bound by the limitations of time and space. It implies that we have the potential to access and influence aspects of our reality that seem fixed and unchangeable. This quantum understanding is crucial for realizing how we can influence our health and reality. It suggests that by altering our state of consciousness, we can interact with this quantum field where all possibilities exist. It's a realm where healing isn't just a hope or a wish, but a real tangible possibility. Now let's delve into the practical application of these concepts. The power of presence and intention. To influence our energy fields, and by extension, our physical reality, we need to learn how to be fully present and intentional. Being present means being fully aware and engaged in the current moment. It's about letting go of past regrets and future anxieties and anchoring ourselves in the here and now. When we're present, our energy is focused and potent It's not scattered across multiple timelines or weakened by distractions. Intention, on the other hand, is about directing this focused energy towards a specific goal or outcome. It's not just about wishing for something. It's about actively participating in the creation of our desired reality. Our intentions are like blueprints that guide the energy patterns in our field. By achieving a heightened state of presence, and directing our intentions with clarity and focus, we can begin to change the patterns in our energy fields. This isn't just a metaphorical change. It has real physical implications. Our energy fields are intimately connected to our bodies, influencing everything from cellular function to overall health. To harness the power of presence and intention, we need to cultivate practices that elevate our state of consciousness. This could include meditation, mindfulness, visualization and other techniques that help us center our energy and focus our intentions. As we progress further into this exploration, let's focus on the pivotal aspect of cultivating a healing mindset. This isn't just about positive thinking, it's about fostering a deep, unwavering belief in your ability to influence your health and your life. First and foremost, understand that your beliefs shape your reality. If you believe that healing and change are possible, you set the stage for transformation. This belief isn't just a passive hope. It's an active, dynamic force that shapes your thoughts, your emotions, and ultimately, your reality. To cultivate a healing mindset, start by examining your beliefs about health and healing. Are they limiting or empowering? Do you view your body as a fragile entity prone to disease or as a powerful system capable of remarkable recovery and resilience? Your perception in this regard is crucial because it forms the foundation of your healing journey. Once you've identified and begun to shift your beliefs, the next step is to nurture positive emotions. Emotions like love, gratitude and joy are not just feel-good states, they have a tangible impact on your body. These emotions can alter your biochemical environment, reduce stress hormones, enhance immune function, and promote overall well-being. Practices such as daily gratitude, cultivating joy in small things, and embracing love and compassion in your interactions can significantly shift your emotional landscape. These practices create a fertile ground for healing and transformation. Another key aspect is visualization, the mind often doesn't distinguish between real and imagined experiences. By vividly visualizing your body healing, you can create a powerful internal blueprint for your body to follow. Imagine your cells rejuvenating, your body becoming stronger, and your health restoring. This mental imagery can be a potent catalyst for physical change affirmations and positive self-talk play a crucial role. What you repeatedly tell yourself shapes your subconscious beliefs and in turn your reality. Create affirmations that reinforce your healing mindset. Repeat them daily and let them sink into your subconscious where they can start manifesting into reality. The mind and body are not separate entities. They are deeply interconnected and constantly communicating your thoughts and emotions send signals to your body which responds in kind. This interaction is a powerful tool that can be used to foster health and well-being. For instance, when you experience stress, fear, or anxiety, your body responds with a cascade of physiological changes. The release of stress hormones, increased heart rate, and suppressed immune function. Conversely, When you experience positive emotions, your body responds with beneficial changes, reduced stress hormones, enhanced immune function, and increased production of feel-good neurotransmitters. To harness this connection, start by becoming more aware of your thoughts and emotions, observe them without judgment, and begin to understand their impact on your body. This awareness is the first step in transforming your internal dialogue and emotional landscape. Next, focus on cultivating positive, health-promoting thoughts and emotions. Engage in activities that bring you joy. Spend time in environments that uplift you and surround yourself with people who support your well-being. These external factors can significantly influence your internal state. Mindfulness and meditation practices are also crucial in this process. They help you develop the skill of being present and aware, allowing you to observe and shift your thoughts and emotions more effectively. Regular practice can lead to profound changes in your mental and physical health. Another powerful tool is the practice of emotional release. Often we hold on to past traumas and negative emotions, which can manifest as physical symptoms or blocks to healing. By working through these emotions, whether through therapy, journaling, meditation, or other practices, you can release these blockages and open up pathways to healing. As we delve further into the realm of self-healing, it's crucial to understand the role of the subconscious mind. The subconscious is a powerful aspect of our psyche, operating below the level of our conscious awareness. It governs many of our automatic functions, behaviors, and beliefs. The subconscious mind is like fertile soil where the seeds of our thoughts and beliefs are planted. What grows from this soil depends largely on what we plant and nurture. If we sow seeds of health, positivity and belief in our healing capabilities we cultivate a landscape conducive to healing and well-being. One of the most effective ways to influence the subconscious mind is through repetition and emotional engagement. When we repeatedly focus on positive healing oriented thoughts and pair them with strong positive emotions we reinforce these patterns in our subconscious. Over time, these patterns become our default mode of operation. Hypnotherapy and guided visualizations can be powerful tools in accessing and reprogramming the subconscious mind. These practices allow you to bypass the critical, analytical conscious mind and speak directly to the subconscious, where deep-seated beliefs and patterns reside.
2: So that was Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I posted on the Facebook and YouTube uh, the source of that video uh, and the name, which is uh, Command, uh, Talk, Command Yourselves. And as he said, I think the takeaway from, from today, I hope you'll see, is that the mind and body are not separate entities. This is a fully functioning vessel of clay, biological computer, and just as we would not, never separate parts of our computer uh, with other parts, we are learning in this day and age to recognize, appreciate, respect the powerful consciousness of the mind, our creative mind, and When we're not in harmony, we are usually operating on the subconscious, all the programming we received as children that said, you're a bad little girl, keep your mouth shut, boys don't cry, and on and on and on, which took away our authenticity and it interfered with our attachment to our loved ones and led to addiction. So. As we go to the break, I want to play these powerful I am affirmations because as Dr. Dispensa reminded us, we need to have repetition to reprogram the body to come to homeostasis or balance. So here's some powerful I am affirmations for us.
4: I am is your genuine self, your authentic consciousness. That which you attach to I am with repetition. With consistency and with deep belief is what you are and what you become. I am abundance. I am beauty. I am strength. I am happiness. I am gratitude. I am strong. I am wise. I am wonderful. I am calm. I am relaxed.
2: Right
5: back after these messages. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com.
3: And
1: I'm Viato. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of associated internet radio hosts. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the Internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On Air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're On Air Everywhere, online all
2: the time. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us. We've been talking, just joining us, we've been talking about reconciling the mind. And it was just interesting to read about what the word reconciling entails, restoring friendly relations. We're talking about mind and body. Just think of how unfriendly we've been, not realizing that our body and our mind are one continuous energy, of flowing uh, vibration, and that uh, we haven't been looking at it that way very much. We've been separating, and yet we need to get back to the idea this is one unit, mind-body communicating. Reconciling means causing to coexist in harmony. That harmony is what's called homeostasis or balance making uh, one consistent with another. We've been so inconsistent with our thoughts and and our body because our parents, bless their souls, did not teach us about the epigenetics and the quantum physics that we're learning about now. And then finally, reconciling someone to make someone accept, which is all about relationships, not just with ourselves, but with other family members, other people, we have now can think about forgiveness. And that's key to any healing is forgiveness. So I want to play a final, if you don't have any questions or comments, let me just check uh, any comments. Denise Payne has joined us. She said, this is fantastic. I agree, I agree. I get so excited learning more and more from people like Dr. Gabor Mate, uh Dr. Joe Dispenza, and uh, the uh, Dr. Lipton, Bruce Lipton. So we have all these people available to us on YouTube, which is why I'm there every evening usually learning more because I'm preventing Alzheimer's. Part of preventing Alzheimer's is to learn something new every day. So I, am, um, I want to share this final uh, teaching by Dr. Bruce Lipton, how to take care of your mind every day. He wants to encourage us. Take care of our mind every day. So as we leave here, we don't stop thinking, well, we can go back to our old ways. Today, this season, we're in 2024. It is time. It's time to take care of our mind and develop consciousness, your intuitive self. Get back to your authenticity that was taken away from us in our childhood traumas. So as we heal all those toxic stress situations in our childhood. We become more conscious, more aware of how powerful we really are, and we're taking back our control. So let's listen to this very entertaining message uh, from Dr. Bruce. With me, so entertaining, more than anything, I think he he loves to entertain, but educate at the same time. So he's going to talk to us about taking care of our mind on a daily basis.
6: I was teaching in a medical school. Yeah. And I was teaching the concept about genes. And everyone, of course, has heard about genes. And they believe that genes control their lives, you know. So uh, running in my family is uh, diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancer, whatever it is. And they say, oh, my goodness, I'm a, a recipient of such genes. And this is going to be my life. And this is a belief of victimization, a victimization of heredity. It's running in my heredity. And I'm going to get these genes. And I can't control it there's a new biology that switches this whole thing around because it reveals that genes don't control our lives it's our perceptions and our response to the environment. It's the environment that influence the genes. Well, the relevance about that is since we can change our perceptions and we can change our environment, then we're not victims. We're actually masters. But we have to know that. We have to really come from an understanding that we are creating our lives because if your belief is you're a victim, uh, its belief is translated into biology. You become a victim if
10: that's what you believe. Yes, sir. So you kind of proved scientifically and biologically that the proof of that, that, that we in fact are in control of our genes, that our genes aren't controlling our lives. Can you give us a brief sort of bird's eye view of how you prove that, Ruth? Yeah, uh, it's a wonderful
6: simple experiment. Um, about 47 years ago, I was cloning stem cells. Now, about 47 years ago, there's only a handful of us in the whole world that even knew what a stem cell is. It's, a stem cell is an embryonic cell. In-
2: Okay, I'm going to play the video instead because these are not thinking, so I'm going to play the video uh, instead of the audio. I go, yeah,
11: but guess what? I take the chemicals of a brain that is stimulated by stress and put those chemicals in a plastic Petri dish with my cells. You know what? The cells stop growing and they begin to die. You know what? There's an old saying called fear kills. And I go, yep, there's a biology for that. The reason why is the chemicals released by the brain in fear shut down the growth of the body and shut down the immune system. And you go, why would it do that? And the answer is simple. Let's say uh, you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. And I say, you have, um, uh, here's the amount of energy in your body, uh, 100%. I say, how much of that 100% do you want to allocate to run away from that saber to the tiger? 100%. I go, yeah, so what does that mean? Well, I say, well, the body was using energy for things like growth. And you say, well, I'm an adult. This is very important. I go, yeah, but guess what? The body's made out of about 50 trillion cells, and every day, every day, your body loses hundreds of... Billions, with a P, hundreds of billions of cells, normal attrition, die. Red cells are dying by billions. <laughs> by the 2nd you they're losing billions of cells. I say, important point. how can I stay alive if I don't replace the cells? I say, ah. Then it says you have stem cells. They're the equivalent of embryonic cells. So every day while you're losing hundreds of billions of cells, your stem cells are dividing and creating hundreds of billions of replacements. Every day, you're growing. So, but what happens is you're being chased by your saber-toothed tiger. You have energy to replace those hundreds of billion cells. And you have a lot of energy. But I say, how much do you want to run away from the tiger? And Lewis, that?" that, oh, these I go, yeah. So I say, what about growth? I say, stress hormones shut down the growth of the body to conserve energy to run away from the threat. So the moment you're in stress, you stop replacing the body cells. Well, that sounds like a very negative thing. If, if I need these body cells to live and I'm under stress, I go, but wait, go back to when the system was developed. You know, 100,000 years ago, 200,000, a million years ago. I say, well, what stress did you have? They say, run away from the stapleton tiger. That's a big stress. But when the system was designed, you know, that long time period ago, I say, well, what are the stress you have? I said, well, okay, running away from the tiger. said, does that happen every day, all day? I go, no, that's you know, an event when it happens. It's rare, but run away from the tiger, and I say, "Well, okay, you can escape the tiger. Now what?" I said, "Well, no more stress." And then I go back into growth again. So, stress originally was only used for short intervals, just a short interval. Run away from that tiger, get away. I'm free. So the secret to becoming a millionaire is right under everyone's nose. Now, when you figure. I don't have to have any stress anymore, and I'm back to growth. Today's world—it's quite obvious. It's 24/7, 365 stress every day. The world is creating a stressful environment for us. Are so you going to keep your job? You're going to have enough money for the food to pay the rent? Are you going to have friends around? Or are you going to lose your friends? Or well, every day you're in these stress issues. It's like, guess what? Every day you're releasing stress hormones. Every day you're inhibiting the health of. Your cells that are being replaced, they're they're not being replaced very quickly. In fact, that's one of the causes of illness. The second cause of illness uh, is also from stress, and that is this. The immune system, which uses a lot of energy. You know that? Because if you've ever been sick, you didn't have enough energy to get out of bed. That's not much the immune system is using. It uses a lot. So we go back to the situation. I say, okay, you happen to have a bacterial infection or a bad case of diarrhea. It happens to be brewing right now. But you are also being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. How much of your energy do you want to fight the diarrhea, bacterial infection, and how much do you want to run away from the tiger? So the issue is this. Stress hormones conserve energy from the immune system by, guess what, inhibiting the immune system function. When you're stressed, you don't want to use all that energy to get be fed and recover. You want to run away from, from the tiger. So I say, oh, you've got this bacterial infection. You've got a tiger chasing you who cares about the infection simple reason as the police said if the if the tiger catches you the bacterial infection is not your problem anymore and uh, so the significance is stress has now done two things one it shuts down the growth of the body to conserve energy so that you can run away from that tiger and two it shuts down and inhibits the immune system which is protecting you from flat but internal threat and the result is what stress is the facts isn't it right? 90% of illness on this planet is directly tied to stress. For what reason? Because you've interfered with keeping the body alive by replacing the cells, and you've shut down the immune system was protecting you from the infection. And sure hell, so you're going to get sick when you're stressed. That's what the consequence of stress is sickness. And, and the reason is why. You're not maintaining this, yourself. I mean, the immune system is shut down. You know what? Interesting point. There's a therapeutic use for stress hormones when a doctor wants to transplant an organ into a person, let's say I want to transplant a kidney or a lung or a heart into a, a patient. Remember it's foreign tissue. If I transplant somebody else's kidney in your body, your immune system by definition says, Hey, not cells and eliminate the kidney. Okay. So I say, well, how do doctors make sure that the transplanted kidney isn't rejected? And the answer is they give the patient stress hormones before doing the operation. Mm-hmm. So that when the, kidney is transplanted the immune system is being inhibited and will not attack the kidney so that's how powerful stress hormones are in shutting off your immune system i go yeah but 90 percent of the health issues on this problem are from the perception of stress whether it's real or not that's not relevant it's your perception of it your world could be totally safe but if you have a fear your cell's uh, can't see that the world is safe. All they're talking to is the nervous system. The nervous system says there's fear, and we have the reason for it, and the cells are going to gird themselves up and prepare for the stress. And yet, in the real environment, there may be no reason for having stress, but it's just your perception. So all of a sudden, we start to realize that the cells are getting information from the nervous system, which is interpreting the environment, and then sending chemistry to the body cells, via the blood, to adjust the body cells to what's going on in the world. I said hot out, cool the body down, cold out, warm the body up, and so I'm adjusting. And the point about that is since the cells don't actually see the outside, they only can gauge their activity by what the nervous system says. And this is where the biggest problems in life come from because we generate beliefs and perceptions that may not be accurate and totally false, and yet, once we generate them, they control our chemistry. They control our immune system. They control our biology. And so a false assumption could kill you. And this is really critical because, again, the cells are supposed to be adjusting to the environment. But because they're contained inside the skin, they can only adjust to your perception of the environment, which is releasing chemistry, which is controlling their genetics. And so the issue that would come down to the male is us go to the first conclusion. A... You're not controlled by your genes. Your genes are simply blueprints that are controlled by the environment, and in this case of humans, very much influenced by your perception environment, separating environment from perception because our perceptions could be right, but our perceptions could be wrong. To the cells, they just see the perceptions right or wrong, then they're gonna read whatever the perception is. So wrong perceptions will mislead your biology and take you away from health. Now we have two problems with stress. It shuts off growth, and it shuts off the immune system. There's a third problem, which I call adding more stress. When you are in fight or flight, do you think you use conscious reasoning or reflex behavior? You reflex behavior. The stress hormones squeeze the blood vessels in the gut, causing the blood to go to the periphery. When the stress hormones come into the body, they also go to the brain, and they squeeze the blood vessels in the gut, front of the brain where consciousness is, to push more blood to the back for reflex behavior. That means when you're under stress, you are less intelligent. And for my example, I give you the people of the United States. And the reason is the government knows this. And ever since 911, they keep in the media, the newspaper, the television, more stress, more stress. And the result is since 911, every year, the pharmaceutical companies have made 20% more profit every year in selling drugs. So it's important to realize that stress affects you in many different levels, but all of them result in shutting down your life. It has now been demonstrated that love is the greatest growth signal in the world. For example, Yugoslavia, where they have orphanages, the people could not afford to take care of their children and they sent them to orphanages. They got food, clothing, the protection of living inside. They got everything they needed to live except love. And about 40% of those children became autistic. What is autism is the child is shutting itself off from the world, it's in protection closing itself down, and all of the parameters of health and intelligence in these children were greatly suppressed. They got everything but love. The issue is when we are in this direction in protection, we shut off growth, and that's when illness starts. So when we're on this side of the scale, protection leads to disease, and growth leads to wellness. And I say, well, what causes this disease? And the answer is stress. Now, here's the problem that people do not realize. If I just remove the stress from my life, where am I on the scale? It's zero. If you want wellness, it's not just the absence of stress. You need the joy and the love to go to growth. So if you're in the middle place, you're not in real growth and real health. So stress alone is not the problem. It is what we need
2: is more love and life and happiness. So that's a very powerful reminder, remind for us to express love to self. Fly, fly, fly. First thing in the morning, don't get out of bed before you fly. First love yourself. Roll those joints. Meditate. Breathe deeper. Waking up. In the morning, you realize you haven't been breathing deeply. So first thing, start deep breathing. before you open your eyes, don't get out of that bed before you take in some deep breaths. Give thanks to the creator for your breath. Give thanks to the creator if you have a roof over your head. Give thanks if you have heat and a cold climate. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. gratitude, gratitude. gratitude. More gratitude. And again, roll those joints. Give thanks that you can roll joints, even if all oh, your legs aren't working. Roll those ankles, your elbows, and your wrists. And breathe, breathe, breathe. Do some eye exercise. Roll those eyes around. Giving thanks and gratitude. And as he said, love, love, love. The Female Solution hosts are doing a love series uh, starting, uh, I believe, this weekend. Actually, our host Zelda started. Monday with the um mama again, I believe it was uh let me see. I forget Zelda had a guest talking about um the love mama or uh she was she makes uh love um oh so sugar mama. <laughs> sugar mama was on Monday. So we started this week with our love series and we're gonna be talking more and more about that February again being the Heart month. So I think all of us need to go and define love. There's a scripture, 1 Corinthians, I believe, 14, that defines it on the biblical level, on a wise level. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. Does not keep a record of wrong. (laughs) That, That is the forgiveness that we all need to practice to overcome uh, the disconnect of mind, body, and to create balance in our bodies. Stop keeping a record of wrong because that's focusing on the past. As we just heard from Dr. Dispenza, we don't need to be spending energy on past and regretting the fe- regretting the past and worrying about the future. That's where we have had a disconnect with mind and body because this mind-body energy is all about the present moment. Let us stay in the present moment with love, gratitude, wisdom, courage, and appreciation for everything that we have in this life, and reminding ourselves that everything is a lesson. All the things that you've been keeping record of uh from the past, it's just a lesson. We're, as uh, I think Mom Aziz talks about, we're all in a school here on earth. This is a a boot camp here on earth, and I do a boot camp for peace on my uh, YouTube channel uh, with my partner. So let us work together to create the homeostasis on the inside balance and on the outside. This world needs homeostasis on the outside. So let it start here uh, with me and with the female solution as we go forward. Defining love. I think that's where we start. And then get ready get ready, yes, uh, Zelda says, Sugar Mama. Lori was on Monday Morning Mindful. And I loved uh, that woman, uh, her story, but she didn't talk about her childhood. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the childhood story. So if you're ever guest on my show, that's where I start. What was your childhood like? Why? Because we know now. It's all about the trauma and the toxic stress that creates all the diseases that were mentioned uh, even on Monday and, and all the people that I hear when they talk about their current uh, emotion, their current physical problems, I'm thinking, okay, tell me about your childhood. And every young person who wants to marry another person. Before you even think about a wedding, sit down, talk about the childhood. You're going to be really uh, challenged if you don't talk about it before the wedding because it'll come up. The universe is all about triggering our BS from the past. When we have a person that comes into our life, love, love, love. Oh, I love you. You're so sweet. Let's get married. And then you haven't talked about. All the trauma they went through as a child, guess what? It's going to come up in the wedding, in the marriage. I'm guaranteeing you that. So talk about it beforehand and then decide if you want to journey with this person to help them reconcile their past to a more brighter, healthier, peaceful, present moment. Love, love, love. So anyway, we're at the end of the show. We're over past the show. Thank you all for joining me. Everybody have a great weekend. Uh, I'm going to be on the beach this weekend because it's warm enough in the 70s. It's loving Florida. And wherever you are, get out, even if you're in the cold, get out for a while, breathe fresh air, walk for five minutes if you can, whatever, even if it's cold, and just be your authentic self, something that many of us miss in our childhood. Be your authentic self. Make snowmen. Make angels in the snow. Be and do whatever your intuitive self tells you to do.
3: This
2: season is
1: all about to do We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear tonight. today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemale solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, (laughs) Sheshe. Sheshe. Zanyaba. Japan. Aringato. Albania, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, Danke, John Kuyong, John Merci, Spain. Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Gyeongba. Yeret. Yeret. Kenya. Asante. Israel. Toda. Pakistan. Shukriya. Afghanistan. Tashakor. Saudi Arabia. Shukran. Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessing.
2: friends out there. Namaste and sat nam. Aloha, all you beautiful Hawaiians. Stand firm, stand strong, and fight the good fight for Maui and Lahaina. Love you.